You're listening to The Ghost of Dog on The Voice of Dog, and tonight's story is The Gift by Darius Davis, a black queer African wild dog author who uses writing as a way to prime readers to experience new and exciting perspectives. You can follow him on Twitter at 2DWildDog and his furry page at 2DStories for future writing projects. Read for you by Takem Ironhoof, the equine charmer. However fearsome the things in the dark may be, there remain things in the light against which they pale in comparison. Things in the known world of the daylight, to which the night terrors of the unknown are preferable. We put it to you to decide, in the story at hand, which is the curse, and which is... The Gift, by Darius Davis. Eliza shifted in the car seat and attempted to read her book under the sunset light. Her body became accustomed to the motions of the old rambler sedan as it skidded across large cracks and potholes. She still kept a folded-up large map on her lap in case her brother Abraham needed to know what route to take next. Beyond that, her time was used to catch up on one of her novels to fill the dead air. If it meant putting off the anxiety of dealing with distant relatives at her late father's funeral and looking for work down south, then she took every opportunity to escape through her stories. While on their journey, she tried not to glance near her brother's direction during their trip to New Orleans. Even without his frustrated, icy stare, Eliza felt a heavy weight of guilt tear into her as she sat next to him. Because she absentmindedly forgot to buy the recent edition of their green book, the majority of their stops had been outdated. And after they had come across two closed-down gas stations, Abraham felt forced to press on ahead with a quarter of gas in their tank. They had already emptied the last two of their portable tanks, and they were dangerously close to running out. She tried not to dwell on such matters, as what's done is done though she could no longer distract herself once sunset became nightfall. No semblance of moonlight could adequately pierce through the tall trees along the dark backwood Mississippi roads. Eliza noticed the hint of the full moon over the horizon, but it was primarily obscured by trees. She stowed away her book, as there was little need to read it. The headlights acted as their sole source of salvation among the sea of darkness. Abraham eventually pulled off onto the side of the road and parked his car. A loud yawn escaped his lips before he rubbed his baggy eyes. Eliza suspected her older brother was famished after such an arduous trip. She wordlessly climbed into the back seat to retrieve their shoebox lunches underneath her brother's chauffeur hat. To her relief, Abraham flashed a small smile as he accepted the meal from her. They snacked on cold fried chicken dried, crumbly, buttery biscuits, and a slice of sweet potato pie concealed in wax paper. The only semblance of moisture that accompanied their meals were Abraham's water canteen and her chilled glass bottle of soda. The two ate their meals as they took in the scenery around them. With the headlights shut off, they could only make out hazy shadows in the darkness. It took a few minutes for Eliza's eyes to adjust before she could finish her meal. As she prepared for the night watch, there was a trickery of light that caught the corner of her eye. Eliza turned and spotted a pair of shining eyes peering into their car from the forest. It slowly blinked at her, but maintained a constant visual on them. 
There was a sickly canine smile on its face as the creature displayed its fierce teeth. She tried to pay no mind to it and assumed it to be a curious animal. Though, after a few minutes to herself, when she glanced back, the shimmering eyes were still there. An unpleasant shiver stalked her back. Her mind attempted to shun such a sight. You all right, sis? You cold? Abraham asked. It's not that. There's something looking at us, she pointed. Abraham glanced over and spotted the pair of sparkling blank eyes before it disappeared into the forest. Probably just a wolf or a coyote. Not like we're back in the city. Bound to see wildlife in these parts. He shrugged his shoulders. Just didn't like the way it was eyeing at us. Looked more like a monster than an animal I've ever seen. Didn't sit right with me, she replied. Well, we're about to hit New Orleans tomorrow anyway. After tonight, we'll sleep in a proper bed. And you won't need to deal with any scary woodland creatures, he chuckled. All right, nature boy. Just because you're used to sleeping outdoors doesn't mean I gotta like it. It's a small price to pay after someone didn't get that updated travel guide like I told them to before we left. The next Esso station we find, you're buying it. Yeah, yeah. I promise that will be the last time that ever happens. Better be. Abraham grabbed his chauffeur hat from the rear seat to rest over his eyes. He reclined his head. His body was in search of a comfortable resting position. With sugary soda coursing through her body, Eliza's mind remained sharp to any potential danger during the night shift. There was the odd lone car that had slowed down when it came close to their vehicle. To Eliza's relief, though, it continued on its journey and hadn't lingered for long. For now, there was nothing of note to report to her brother. Yet, she sought to keep her mind busy throughout the night with a flashlight and a handy book. This wasn't her first night watch with her brother. She became accustomed to reading while Abraham slept, and the added benefit of Abraham asleep was how she could indulge in her most controversial stories, especially ones from Ben Packer. Packer's books contain more than just tales of scandalous lesbian women in larger-than-life situations, but allowed an exploration of Eliza's own attraction for other women. Even though her brother was already aware of her true feelings, it was still an awkward subject for him to broach if he spotted her with such a scandalous book. If she was forced to smother that side of herself while with family, the least she could do for herself is indulge her passions with some light reading. Before she neared the end of her favorite chapter, she soon felt the urge to relieve herself. Eliza cursed from how close she was to completing her book. With no other choice, she stepped out from the car and walked into some wild grass for privacy. While squatted over, her ears picked up the sounds of rustling movement. Whatever creature lurked in the plant life was obscured by the tall grass. A low, guttural growl emanated from close by, the frequency of which made her shiver in place. However, upon the sound of an animal sniffing and panting right in front of her, Eliza quickly donned on her underwear, grabbed her skirt with both hands, and bolted towards the car. She slammed the door tightly and moved to lock each one. The commotion inside the sedan had awakened her brother. What's, what's going on? Abraham yawned. We need to leave now. I don't like you here. Something out there is definitely stalking us, Eliza pleaded. I'm not going to waste gas over this. Nothing's going to get you if you stay inside here. I promise. You don't understand. 
Whatever's out there isn't normal. It got super close to me, and I couldn't even see it. It could have killed me. Look, if it really wanted you dead, it would have. But it didn't. So it's probably nothing. Now can I please get some sleep? Before Eliza responded, a pair of bright lights poured into their small sedan and blinded them temporarily. A rusty C-10 truck passed them before it aggressively came to a halt. They held their breaths as their eyes glued to the truck as it pulled over onto the side of the road. Abraham put a finger over his lip before he grabbed and placed on his chauffeur hat. Eliza dashed her erotic book in the glove compartment and fixed her hair in the meantime. The two spotted a white man in a red plaid shirt exiting from the truck and started to approach them. There were a few more inside, but their figures were obscured by the stars and bars flag on the back windshield, which had cloaked them in shadow. When the driver came in for a closer view, he appeared to be around their age, at least no older than his twenties. He rested his hand inside both pockets before he reached Abraham's driver's side window. The man knocked it several times and motioned for Abraham to lower the window. Everything all right here? Buddy of mine spotted you sitting here a few hours ago. You know it's illegal to loiter around these parts, right? He asked. My apologies, sir. We'll leave right away, Abraham responded. He attempted to start the car, but the engine wouldn't turn over. While a normal endeavor in any other circumstance, Eliza wished the car hadn't acted up right then and there. Out of gas, huh? I might have extra tanks in the truck. If y'all come out and lend me a hand, we can refill your car real quick. The driver peered his head in. No, thank you, sir. Just give us a few moments, Abraham said. His shaky hands continued to press and turn the key so that the car could start. Eliza tried not to glance at the man directly while she bit her lower lip. From her vantage point, the two men inside the truck kept shifting in place and became antsy. You know, I was trying to be real neighborly and help y'all out, but it seems you two aren't in a hurry leaving. The driver shook his head. It doesn't normally take this long, I swear. Just... Abraham continued to frantically turn the key. After a few seconds, the man turned to his truck and let out a strong whistle. He motioned the people from inside the truck to come out. Two exited out as one held a long shotgun over his shoulders. The driver turned back and addressed Abraham. All right, seeing as y'all aren't leaving, I'm going to place both of you under citizen's arrest for loitering and vagrancy. Step out of the car now! he ordered. No, please, we'll leave promptly, I promise, Abraham pleaded. With the last hard turn of the key, the engine finally roared to life. A flabbergasted sigh escaped Abraham's lips before he started to ship the car into drive. However, the man quickly hopped over and stood in front of their vehicle with both hands on their hood. Y'all had y'all's chance to leave, but now I'm going to have to turn you into the local sheriff. Out of the car, both of you, now, he barked. The man with the shotgun walked over to Eliza's side and pointed the barrel at their windshield. The two of them placed their hands on the dashboard in hopes to appease them. Before the two stepped out of the car, Abraham tapped his sister's hand to get her attention. I'll cause a diversion when we get out. 
Once all their eyes on me, I want you to make for the forest and run like hell, he whispered. You crazy? What about that thing out there? Plus, I can't leave you behind. She responded. I promised Mama I wouldn't get you killed out here. And that's exactly what I intend to do. So long as you avoid the creature and don't look it in the eye, you'll be fine. Got it? He replied. With a shaky nod, the two then slowly stepped out from their car. Eliza kept her arms folded and rested against the side of the sedan as the men confronted Abraham. They grilled him about his whereabouts, why she was with him, and where the two were headed. As rehearsed countless times before, he tried to explain that he was a chauffeur and he was taking the maid down south in search of work. To Eliza's impression, their kidnappers weren't convinced as the trio formed a semicircle around him. She scanned the woods to see if there were any obvious trails to follow. As much as Eliza wished her brother would come along, she knew her mother would be devastated if both of them perished. Yet, when she continued to search for a path to escape, the same blank, shimmering eye slowly blinked at her from the forest. This time, whatever stalked them had brought two companions from various hiding spots inside the forest. Her nails embedded into her arm at the prospect. There was no safe refuge for the two of them. For Eliza, she would have to deal with the hazards they were intimately aware of, or to face the unknown dangers of these creatures that could horrifically slaughter them. There wasn't a third option to flee by car, as it would take too long to drive it out onto the road. No matter which choice she made, there was no obvious safe solution for her and Abraham. Eliza kept a constant visual on the three sets of eyes, as two strayed off, and slowly entrapped them. Before she could make a decision on which path to take, there was a commotion behind her. Abraham wrestled for the shotgun and attempted to fight off the other two. She took advantage of the distraction and sprinted towards the forest. She heard her brother getting beaten to the ground before the gunman managed to pop off a few shots towards her direction. One of the shots missed and had kicked up dirt on her left side. The second shot had found its mark as Eliza clutched her left side. Her legs buckled and she fell into the tall grass. It was as though a hot sledgehammer had shattered against her backside and knocked the wind out of her. To her own surprise, she hadn't passed out from the physical trauma and overheard the voices of the men. God damn it, Ted! You weren't supposed to kill her yet, the driver said. I was aiming for the legs, but this thing ain't exactly a rifle. Should we go get her? No. There's no point to it now. She won't last a few hours at best. Sheriff will classify it as a natural cause of death anyway. If the critters don't get to her first, the chauffeur will just have to do, a different voice said. All right, Mitch, go get the rope and hogtie the boy. Ted, you're going to help me carry him to the truck, got it? The driver ordered. Eliza sniffled. Her mind didn't want to ponder the horrors in store for her brother. Her body refused to move as every breath became a desperate struggle for air. When she heard something was approaching her, Eliza assumed it to be the creatures from before. She guessed that her blood had attracted nearby predators and they planned to feast on her body for an easy meal. When Eliza looked up, three sets of sparkling, blank eyes stared back at her. The one at the very front had pulled its lips back and displayed long, angular teeth.
Eliza cocked her head slightly, as though she started to hear soft murmurs from them. She figured this was her blood-drained mind playing tricks on her, as though human speech was possible for such eldritch beings. One seemingly said the word gift in a human-like question tone, while the other said the word spare in a similar manner. The canine monster before her reflected an expression as though it were deep in thought. The creature momentarily stared back at the two of them before it turned back to Eliza and lowered its muzzle. The canine's lips formed in such a way as though it was prepared to speak. Sorry, it said. The massive being pounced and laid on top of Eliza with its furried body. The heavy figure pinned her to the ground. The thick, fur coat nearly smothered Eliza's face. The beast ears had folded down in a submissive fashion, as though it tried to plead with Eliza to not resist. Before long, Eliza received a rough bite on her collarbone before the entire creature stood back up. Her vision blurred. A fiery, throbbing pain traveled from the bite mark all throughout the rest of Eliza's body. She screamed out with such might that it would have drowned out church bells, a type of scream that only a person set ablaze could have made. To her, the sensation was that of her muscles and bones breaking and reforming in quick succession. Her fingernails changed in the formation of claws as her spine began to take on a curved shape. The fabric of her blouse and skirt gave way to her growing limbs as she shapeshifted into a new being. By the time the moon centered itself in the night sky, she had completed her transformation into a ferocious beast. Eliza's eyes adjusted and took in the sights around her. The creatures appeared clearer with her newfound vision and locked eyes with each of the three. Her mind raced as her muzzle scanned from side to side and examined herself. The gunshot wound from before had all but completely healed, and, despite the canine-like figure, she was able to stand like a human, with her back and shoulders slightly hunched over. Whatever had happened, Eliza's mind filled to the brim with even more questions. Before she could ponder further, a clear, feminine voice spoke to her. Go, a voice said. Eliza met the gaze of the creature before her, as though the voice had come from the pack leader. Before Eliza pondered what that meant, they all heard the sounds of the rumbling truck engine start up. The truck from before started to drive onto the mainline road and speed off. Despite the distance between them, her hypersensitive hearing was able to perceive the sounds of the truck's engine itself. Not only that, but her nose picked up the scent of a cologne her brother always wore and cigarette smoke from one of the men. All of her senses allowed her to conceptualize the exact distance between herself and the vehicle. The pack leader had spoken again telepathically to gain Eliza's attention. Go! She said again. Eliza nodded and started to move her legs. While she was able to run upright, her heavy, muscular torso and hunched-over spine made it slightly awkward to fully utilize the new figure. She noticed the creatures that were once behind her quickly caught up. They all utilized their arms and legs to sprint forward to gain a faster momentum. Eliza attempted to mimic them and found that her speed had significantly increased. The scent of Abraham and the men acted as a beacon as she gradually caught up with the speeding truck. Ted checked the rearview mirror and caught a glimpse of Eliza. All he could make out 
was a dark shadow that slowly gained on them with its canine teeth sharply displayed. He looked over to his friends with a pale face. Something's chasing us. Step on it, Ted notes the driver. I don't see jack shit. Just shut up and keep an eye on the boy. Make sure he doesn't try something, the driver said. Before Ted protested further, the weight of the truck shifted as though something clung on its right side. Eliza peered into the back seat and spotted her brother, his hands and feet tied together. Before she could get to him, she had to get past the other men. Ted happened to be the closest from the passenger side window and was the first target. Her long, fuzzy arms broke through the half-lowered car window and reached inside to grab at Ted's shirt. With such newfound adrenaline and strength, the man felt no lighter than a wooden plank as she dragged him out and tossed him out onto the moving pavement. The two men inside the truck screamed bloody murder as Eliza peered inside again. She spotted Mitch in the back seat, shielded behind her brother, as he desperately loaded the shotgun. Eliza reached out and snapped the weapon between her powerful handpaw. Before she could toss it aside and retrieve her brother, the driver had started to sporadically steer the truck from side to side. His failed attempt to shake her off only made the vehicle difficult to control. After one sharp turn, the truck had tipped over on its side and skidded across the road. Eliza let go of the shotgun and embedded her claws into the metal door frame. She was able to hang on long enough for the truck to come to a halt. Her mighty arms then ripped the door off from its hinges and she climbed inside. To her relief, her brother's fall was broken by Mitch's body as the man laid against the pavement motionless. As for the driver, his face rained with blood from the several shards of broken glass embedded into his skin. He wrestled with his seatbelt and tried to free himself from the wreckage. She ignored the both of them as she climbed in to retrieve her brother. While Abraham was able to take breath, his eyes were glazed over as though he suffered a serious head injury. Eliza gently hoisted her older brother into her arms to not inflict any harm on him. Before she could climb out, a sharp pain had tried to pierce through her thick, black fur coat. When she glanced back, the driver stood tall and held a large survival knife. His eyes widened with shock upon the realization of his failed attack. He then retreated to the smallest corner of the truck for some modicum of protection. After everything Abraham and her had experienced, the cowardice displayed from the men had sent Eliza into a rage. As one arm carried her brother, she used her other free one to slash her claws against the would-be attacker's face. She continued to swipe at him a few times with small chunks of flesh flung across various parts of the truck's dashboard. When all said and done, her attacker was left a sobbing mess as he huddled in a tight, fetal position. Eliza then proceeded to climb out of the wreckage with her brother at her side. When Abraham slowly started to regain consciousness, she freed him from bondage and laid him down onto the dirt. As she attended to her brother, the three creatures from before had finally caught up with them. From her perspective, they had all formed various expressions of pride for Eliza's accomplishments. The celebration was short-lived, however, as everyone suddenly heard intense screaming from the truck. Eliza was confused as to why the driver had wailed as though he were on fire. There was no indication of fumes or that the truck had begun to ignite. It wasn't long before one of the werewolves broke away from the pack 
and climbed inside the vehicle. Everyone heard the man's cries for help before it was followed by the sounds of shredded clothes and shattered bones. They all vividly listened to the sounds of the werewolf eating him alive. Eliza flashed a confused expression at the pack leader and wondered why they felt it necessary to kill him. Wonder why he started to scream, Eliza thought to herself. She had unknowingly, telepathically conveyed her thoughts to her pack, and the leader replied promptly, We never leave any human alive. Doing so will only turn them into werewolves. She replied telepathically. While startled by the response, Eliza had felt the words had struck true from her experience. Though when her brother regained consciousness and stared up at Eliza's werewolf form in a startled manner, she sought the pack leader's guidance. Is there a way I can change back? I want to talk to my brother, she pleaded. Then let go. The pain, the fear, the rage, let it all go, the pack leader replied. Eliza nodded her head and closed her eyes. She tried to imagine a place that made her feel safe whenever anxiousness had previously stricken her heart. With small flashbacks to a cozy cabin she had spent on vacation during her youth with her brother, she felt the tension in her mind slowly dissipated. A lighter, tingling sensation spread throughout her body. Her spine reformed into its familiar shape. The fur coat receded until there was nothing more than smooth skin and her naturally kinky hair drifted down to her shoulders. Abraham watched his sister kneel down in front of him naked. After a few seconds of dead silence, he leapt forward to tightly embrace her. Praise be, you're alive! How did you survive? And where are we? he asked. Before she could answer, Abraham already started to remove his shirt and used it to conceal his sister's body. Eliza turned her attention to the pack leader as they watched her begin to shapeshift. Abraham shook in place as the once ferocious figure began to transition away from her previous werewolf form. When she completed the transformation, a mature woman stood before them naked as though she never dawned on the beastly appearance to begin with. Her large kinky afro accented her face. She stood before them naked and unashamed. Eliza leaned close to her brother and whispered to him. They rescued me and helped me track you down, Eliza explained. You may refer to me as Minerva, and we weren't the ones who saved you. You chose to save yourself and your brother. We just simply gave you our gift, and you used it to put a stop to those men, Minerva finished. Abraham's face flashed multiple expressions from the sudden news. Some were mixed reactions of confusion. However, Eliza started to notice that her brother's eyebrows furrowed as hints of rage flashed in his eyes. He stood up with his shoulders straightened up and began to shout at her. You thought the best way to save her was turning her to a monster? He yelled. Eliza held her breath at the sudden hostility of Abraham's tone. To her surprise, none of the other creatures responded in kind as though they expected such a response. Minerva simply shook her head at his response. We extend our blessing to preserve your sister's life, and she chose to use her powers to rescue your hide. You should be thankful that both of you are still alive. Instead of arguing with me, 
You should probably head back to your car and leave this place before a sheriff comes by, she retorted. Abraham had gone silent. His posture became small. Eliza reflected on Minerva's words about her newfound powers being a blessing. She had imagined if they had this power before their travel, would they have been as fearful throughout their entire journey? The question rang in her mind as Abraham tried to get his sister on her feet. Two conflicted feelings wrestled inside her upon further contemplation of what had just happened. She could head back on the road with her brother and simply put this whole ordeal behind her. Yet, another side of her wanted to experience the modicum of freedom Minerva and her pack likely experienced regularly. Just as Minerva turned to her pack, Eliza stepped forward to address them. Would it be possible if I could join your pack? she asked. Minerva's eyes widened upon the request. She then judged the reactions of the rest of her pack before she came to a decision. From Eliza's perspective, the creatures had not protested the idea, and Minerva glanced back at her. We can take you in and teach you the ways of the werewolf if you desire. Though you are not bound to stay if you change your mind. The choice is yours, and yours alone, Minerva clarified. Abraham overheard the conversation and quickly got beside his sister to speak. What do you want, girl? You can't seriously consider joining them, Abraham protested. But they've done so much for us. I want to explore the extent of this ability and see where it takes me. I can finally make something of my life, she responded. Look, I know I haven't always done right by you and how dread having to deal with our extended family, but we have to be there for them. We only have one family. But I only have one me. Do you know what it's like to bury my very soul around them? I'm tired of not living for myself. I only have this one life. All I'm asking is for you to trust me. Let me be my own woman, Abraham. I appreciate everything you've done for me, but I want this. So, for now, this is goodbye. Her words hung in the air, the two letting it dawn on them. Abraham clenched his fist, and the corner of his eyes began to well up in tears. Eliza rushed forward to give him a tight embrace. Her hands reached over to empathetically rub his backside. While he froze in place for a few moments, he later returned the hug in kind. As he stepped back, Eliza closed her eyes to clear her mind and began to shapeshift into a werewolf. Her once smaller figure had now dwarfed Abraham, and he was forced to look up. He leaned in close to tightly embrace her one last time. His hands couldn't wrap around her exterior anymore. Eliza flashed glimmering eyes at him and attempted to convey she would be all right. Before he finally broke away from the embrace, he conveyed one last message. Just know, I'll always be here for you if you decide to come back. Until then, praise be my baby sister, he sniffled. He nodded to show she understood his words. After their hug, all the creatures watched Abraham walk back to his car, climb inside of it, and slowly pull onto the road before disappearing into the night. Minerva transformed herself back into her preferred natural state with two others at her flank. 
She leaned in to casually nudge her face against Eliza's in a display of newfound companionship and trust. With both of their sparkling eyes locked, Minerva gathered her thoughts and spoke. Welcome to our pack, young one. This was The Gift by Darius Davis, read for you by Takem Ironhoof, the equine charmer. You can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Ghost of Dog.